Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest, long time in production here, is Isabel Chiara. Is that the right pronunciation, love? Chiara. Chiara. Okay. We're going to be talking about life actualization process and eat your words. What is eat your words all about? Is it to do with food? Is it to do with the dialogue? What are we uh, saying? Is that something we're going to choke on? Uh, And what are the obstacles that we have? Or can we look at them as opportunities? We're meeting the challenges of the moment with the heart. She's dedicated decades to personal growth and development, but kept her own long life struggle with food well hidden from her work. Lily, nearing her 60th birthday, she knew she had to break her own silence about her struggles and from this plate she wrote eat your words and created Gianna Goviana Giovanni 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 sorry loosely based on the aspects of her own story represented in a relatable way so that too true to Isabel's nature her own healing journey could be offered to others so let us dive right in to eat those words um I I think there's extremely very few people on the planet that don't have issues with uh, food or weight. Um, and certainly with COVID, there's been a great deal extra pounds that have gone on many, oh many God. people. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's a struggle that most people go through, but I think that um, it can be a consuming struggle, mm-hmm. um, the struggle in relationship with food. Um, you know, most, I think that, you know, it's in my my own journey or in the journey of Giovanni, Gianna Giovanni, who is the <laughs> character of this book. Let me just hold up the book. It's called Eat Your Words. Um, it she um, she chooses food as instead of feeling her emotions mm-hmm. in her life, and she goes through her life and um, with her family. She's in a family business. And um, she chooses to numb herself with mm-hmm. food, um, which it's uh, people, many people say they're just struggling with food or many people say they're just eating, they're overeating, they can't stop. But I think really deeply, deep down and unconsciously, um, the relationship with food can be an overcompensating, mm-hmm. overcompensating the mind, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes a focus eventually. And as we say, what you focus on is always like a persistent um, way to be. So if that becomes your every waking moment, food, you know, how we eat, what we're going to eat, where, where's the uh, alternative? Where, where's life? The focus of life becomes a little bit different, right? The balance. I mean, why do we have so many restaurants? Because people not only like to have good food, but the company 
around food, you know, uh, certainly the Italian way or the, the North American way around the table, the socialization. And food brings us joy, not just, you know, nurturing us, not just feeding us, but it brings us joy, it brings us connection and the making of the food, all of that. I mean, food can have an extremely positive impact on our lives, but it's when we use food to hide the anxiety or hide the stress or hide the other emotions that we're not dealing with. I know I've gained weight through COVID and I know a lot of that was stress eating. I was doing eight, nine shows a week, um, you know, stressed out about also what was going on in the world by trying also staying positive and the pivoting and everything. But I noticed the type of foods I was craving and eating were not that good for me. And it's, I think that food is not the bad rap, but it's how we use the food why we use it in a way that it becomes almost obsessive uh, or compulsive that really becomes the issue yes um it's well there's so so many statistics right now that mm. um food i mean food could be worse than doing any kind of drugs actually um it's the whole element of sugar also yes, yes. is almost like doing um cocaine and it's a really hard habit to break. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to really look at in life. You know, what's the, what's the addictive to, uh, I always call it like the addictive uh, tool that we're going to be comforting ourselves with. Mm. Um, and the, the story is really about um, nurturing, nurturing oneself, um, getting nourishment because really, ultimately, deep down, we are trying to nourish ourselves and feel um, feel okay, feel safe, feel embodied in our bodies. Um, and what food does is almost take us takes us out of our body and takes us out of what's the present present time on some level. Um, so that's really kind of what I'm looking at. Um, in the book, and the book is really a funny, sassy kind of a book on, um, you know, really kind of flippant on, hey, you know, this happened, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat, I'm going to yeah. have a chocolate bar, I'm going to have a um, Doritos, or I, you know, it's a, her, it's really this woman's solution to most um, ailments in her life, any kind of encounter with anybody. Um, so it's, um, my, the goal of the book was to really bring forward um, that behavior so mm. people can relate mm. and feel that um, just shed light on this whole way of eating, way of being with food, um, to just take a look at it. Because if you look at something, you're able to transform it a little bit or even, you know, really ask important questions of, what, what am I doing here? What, mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Let me, let me take a pause. Let me take a, um, let me take a look at really what's going on. And I call it my, I call it the inner landscape mm -hmm. uh, in my work, really looking at the inner landscape of what's underneath everything. And, um, so it will allow people to say, Hey, I do this. Oh, now become very conscious of that. Right. Yeah, it's very easy to, you know, to kind of the nibbling. My danger is, is kind of um, the eight to 10 at night. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get nibbly. So like I have sesame snacks, you know, sesame seed snacks. So it's not so bad, but um, that's my nibbly time. <clears throat> and it's 
we've got to know our pattern. <coughs> you've got to know our pattern. Okay. We've got to know our um, weaknesses and we've got to try and replace it with something. Right. Right. Or just be aware of what's coming up. Just be aware of what's coming up in our, in emo what emotions are coming up that is creating that sense of, I need to grab something. I need to eat something. I need to um, put something in my mouth. Uh, behavior, you know, and, you know, in my studies of this, these cravings, um, I have really noticed that different types of foods really are about certain, like we go to different types of comfort foods, like crunchy foods or salty foods, um, depending on um, what we were used to in our earlier childhood, but what made us feel safe, what made us feel okay in our earlier child childhood. And that makes sense. Chocolate is yeah. for me. Right. So, <clears throat> but instead of, sorry, sorry, folks, a bit of a choking moment going on here. Um, I go to the dark chocolate now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to deprive myself of the chocolate. I know I love it, but it's less of it and better quality. And I go for the dark chocolate, less sugar, less all the other additives in there and just have a little bit just to satisfy the craving and don't, you know dive into it exactly well there's also you said you hit the nail on the head there's no sugar in it because i so i what i've discovered is sugar calls for sugar oh it that's the addiction totally it's, that's the addiction yeah. and there's something in the brain that goes off that is saying more sugar more sugar and these are actual words that if you really listen to you can hear it in your head mm -hmm. It's not saying, you know, okay, here we go. That's totally enough. It depends, <laughs> on, depends on the food. It's really saying, hey, here we go. More, we need more of this. Well, you know, when you're a kid, you can eat abundance amount of sugar, but then you just, you know, proverbial hit the ceiling because yeah. you're on a sugar high, right? right? And then from that sugar high, it's a boom, down, plonk, you know, to the crash, right? Because sugar just takes you on a pitch, but will also flatten you completely. And then so people then want more sugar to pick themselves up. Exactly. Well, exactly. And then parents wonder why their children are running around like maniacs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You're like an overwound up toy that you can't exactly. get switch off. <laughs> exactly. Again, I don't think, you know, to give foods a bad rap, but it is the, you know, artificials, the chemicals, the over excess, too much salt is bad for you, too much sugar is bad for you. Right. I think the word that we don't use enough of is moderation. You don't right. have to deprive, but moderate what you have and why you have it. Exactly. Like stay in balance with what we're, what we're having and what we're eating and what we're choosing. Exactly. But um, in actuality, the, um the 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 main behavior of the character was to um really kind of fly like try to get connected to her own spirituality and try to to get in her body she didn't know how to get in her body with the foods that she was choosing mm -hmm. it wasn't that information wasn't out there then <laughs> no i did a wonderful show a few years ago and it was the clairvoyant chef and it's also, you know, about feeding our chakras. 
And if we're craving particular color foods, aubergine, mm. yellows, or this or that, that particular part of the chakra is needing substance. And so if we're craving, you know, like, oh, I want yellow peppers or I want zucchini, it mm -hmm. is because we're feeding those chakras. And it's, it's, those are the kind of foods that you want, you know, messages you want to pay attention to because it's, that's where you're lacking in your body, right? Yeah. And it, there's so many wonderful good foods out there that you can eat that aren't going to, you know, that aren't going to be, but you know you're not eating for the stress or for the misery you're eating for the pure pleasure that does help you connect with your own spirituality because you're eating it in a different way you're connecting to that food the nourishment of the food the true taste of the food how it brings it out in you how it makes you feel so it's not an escape it's a connection mm. interesting but i think that <clears throat> what i think happens that's good as part of the, um, if the person was in that mindset, mm -hmm. right? got to get there. <laughs> if they're, they have to get into that in that mindset, and that's yes. part, and that is the struggle that we tell ourselves. Okay, this is how we're gonna we're gonna eat. We're gonna pay attention. We're gonna eat intuitively. But um, our words that we're saying mm. are could be different. And we have to be really clear on what we're telling our body because we're actually informing our body. Yes. That's the first thing we eat, our own words, yes. right? We're informing our body. And, yes. we have, and I also uh, see that we have like visual constructs in our mind mm -hmm. also on what we, even though we're telling ourselves, okay, we're going to eat healthy today. Like the moment we say that, I think there's a bell that goes off or some other visual that comes up, right? That's going, oh yeah, okay, I'll give you a meal or I'll give you like yes, an yeah. hour or so. And yes. then something else comes up. Yeah, um, chocolate. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, you know, eat your words, you know, is the, we are very, very inclined when we do not have much self-esteem or where we're feeling trapped or disconnected from our heart and souls. Um, you know, to use the words that will bring us down rather than connect us and boost us up. And really, those words, exactly. we are devouring those words and they are having effect on our entire psyche, aren't they? I, you hit the nail on the head. It is so true. We are, we are, we're there, I think a lot of the words are unconscious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we don't notice you know, so that's one of the first steps that I actually tell people just to get conscious on their words. Yeah, that's why I in the book described a lot of words and scenarios so that people would start to say, am I thinking this? Am I saying mm -hmm. this? What am I saying to myself? And start to journal what they are that saying to themselves, because if we become conscious of our words, then that is just the first like that's a huge step. And then we can um, bring in some other words that you don't want we don't necessarily want to bring in the opposite words because that could backfire right we want to bring in some kind of words in a compassionate ways way more nourishing more nourishing Nourish, more nourishing yeah. yes that might allow us to um shift into you know different types of behavior mm. do you find that um you know for so many people the image of themselves is outdated in the sense that they're still 
thinking they're in their 20s and 30s and now they're the 40s and 50s and they're wishing that they were back there and instead of being happy with where they're at now and embracing who they are now it's like i still wish i was still being able to wear that bikini in you know the 20s and 30s or i still wish i looked like this and and then you see people go to the other extreme of the plastic surgery and the liposuction and the this and that and it's like all you're doing is trying to escape yourself instead of embracing yourself well, I have a different take on that. Okay. Sarah, because I think I am one of those people. Okay. I myself, I see myself in my 20s, but right. I feel like it helps you into the aging process. It helps you not age as. But you don't yeah. see yourself as a 20 year old body, though. Uh, or so just a 20 year old spirit. I see myself as a 20 year old spirit. Right. And my, I see my face as a 20 year old, mm -hmm. you know, still back in, you know, many, many years ago. And I feel like that, and I, and I see myself as that person too. Mm -hmm. Also, um, of course, I've done a lot of things since that age. Right. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I think that that's a little secret to your someone saying more st say staying more youthful. So um, I, for me, that's how I, I look at things. You know, but that spirit, I, I understand, but it's when people yeah. look at it that their body must match the spirit, right? You know, we get older, things get wider. That's just part of yeah. it. And then when the, you know, you've got the 20 year old spirit, but you want the body to match that. And it's like, it's just pretty well not feasible for most people. So, and then it's like the body becomes the enemy because it's not matching the vision of the spirit. So I well it's interesting because i've started working out more and started my body's actually has been in better um like and, and as far as endurance and as far mm -hmm. as um skin quality and stuff like that since um the since that age well i i mean it's been better in the last few in the last you know 10 years mm -hmm. so because i've been working out differently so you know i don't know how much of that is true for for me you know mm -hmm. um i i'm i hold my i hold myself as youthful all the time mm -hmm. so and i like that quality so I, I'm not saying any way is right or wrong, and I don't know if I'm living in reality because, you know, most of my life, maybe I haven't. <laughs> and quite honestly, what is reality nowadays? Quite honestly, because you look at it and go, do I want to be a part of it? Yeah. Whatever you say it is. So, yes, exactly. Um, I think it's like, as long as you're not deluding yourself to a point of, you know, um, harming yourself in any way or you know not allowing yourself to be the best version of yourself you know is mm. you've got people who will go to the extreme to have their body match you know a younger version and it's not because their yeah. spirit is young it's that they're so caught up in the glory of those days they don't know how to age gracefully with a young spirit you know right. they and it's you can see that that it's like they almost become Barbie dollish. They've lost themselves so much in trying to be the image of what they used to be that they don't even know who they are inside or out now. Mm. Okay, so I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. I 
um for me it's it's really about feeling that age like Mm it's, it's like almost spiritually like i feel myself at that age spiritually and i look at myself when i look in the mirror i look at that at myself that age. like i don't when i look in the mirror i guess it's not i don't think i'm deluding myself -hmm. Right. but i don't look in the mirror and look for wrinkles Right, exactly. you know Yeah. i i don't do that Yeah. and i don't even try to do that i don't even think about it it's like it's out of my out of the scope of my my sphere Yeah. with that so i don't think i'm deluding myself as far as that goes but um but i could sit there and say oh my god i am hit hitting that age and like with that age comes this perception i i just don't i haven't gone there yet Yeah, I, so I've interviewed quite maybe a number of maybe people. give me ten, maybe give me another 10 years and then i'll <laughs> do that but <laughs> no, I had an 89-year-old. She's wonderful. I've had her on a few times and uh, the pink lady. And, you know, she started her own TV station at 87 and she's, you know, exuberant. Oh, good. Inspirational. Uh, absolutely. She's, you know, and I live with an 88-year-old who has uh, wrinkles galore, wrinkles galore. And she's like four foot 11. And she, you know, she's a judo expert and is still going to take people down. And yet, you know, people are bending over backwards, but she's got a childlike spirit Right. that is just so wonderful. And that's what I'm saying about is the spirit and the body. It's like, don't try and get the youthful body to keep your young spirit alive. You know, allow the body to go through the process it's going to go through, but you can still keep your spirit, your youthful spirit and the way you look at life and life. And that, I think, is important because... I'm turning 67 in a month. That's the number of years I am. Yeah. Yeah, look at your 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 face is like clear and like perfect and <laughs> so you must have young thoughts in your oh, I your do. spirit Yes, too. no, Uh-huh. I feel that if you lose the wonderment of life, if you lose, you know, for me, it's I never go backwards. It's always going forwards. What else is next? Yes. You know, what else can I do? It's not over until it's over. When it's over, I'm in the ground Right. with a tree. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that the, I think that um, the, the people that are curious, right? Yes. People that are curious that think like, oh my God, there's so much more to life that's available to me. I, I, there's so much I want to like every day I find things I want to learn. I find things like, you know, I wrote a book a year ago. That's, Mhm. Mm I, I, you know, that's like far, that was far fetched for me. right. Yeah, and that's the beauty as you get older that you actually realize there's so many more things that you can do that when back in your youth, you're like, I can never do that. I can never do that. And now you realize, well, your life experiences in that Right. wonderful maturity of a good bottle of wine, you know, or a good Yeah. bourbon, you know, Right. that maturity of that roundedness, all that beautiful experience doesn't mean you, you, you lose that wonderment or that youthful look on life. It's just that you also take all those life experiences and you know where to put your energy Right. and where not to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's about where you're focused. And we just said that a couple of times. It's where you're focusing Yeah. your. You know, if you're focusing on learning and you're focused, but then I think, you know, if, if you're focusing on your body and you're expecting it to get to a certain decrepitness and, Yes. you know, you will, whatever Yes. your brain is What focused you feed grows. on. Yes. Yeah. What you feed grows, literally. Yeah. Yeah. On you're going to be inhaling by the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's a, the, 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 even the way we eat food, like if we eat food with a guilty nature, we're actually changing the texture of the food because we're changing the chemicalization of how we, how we eat it. We eat it with guilt Now and we the got body to go. goes into, and it's a, you know, it feels guilty for eating it and it runs through your body. If you eat it with pleasure,
with with gratitude with joy uh, then the body is going to i feel nourished by this food and we don't realize that the thoughts that we have or the words that we say or the attitude that we take does have an effect on the rest of our body right the digestive process starts by just looking at the food in yes. the first place well that's why yes. we eat visually so isn't that's it part of the assimilation and how to nurture the food yeah so if we are picking up you know the food that's why um a lot of uh people talk about which i have also put into my everyday plan too is to sit there and be present with your food yes right and feel the food feel the food where it came from because you're actually feeding your digestive system you're feeding and nourishing your cells and you're nourishing your body so if you could take that moment to sit with your food and just be aware of like you were talking about the color palette yeah. of the, your food you know and really you're really integrating that before you even take a bite you know when yeah. people say prayers before they eat you know it, could be prayers to God, or it could simply be gratitude for the food in front of you. Because mm -hmm. we take food for granted nowadays. It's just in the supermarket. We know, I think most kids don't even know what farming is, you know, or where right. the food comes from, or what, who's suffering to, to feed you. And if we became more mindful of the food and its journey, I think, you know, the farm to table, I think that we would eat with a great deal more gratitude, with more appreciation and more understanding what is nourishing to us. Right. Right. Because and you, and the truth is you can't eat that much. Right. You know, yeah. you're used to eating. If you're eating with presence and you're really feeling your body, then you can, if you, let's just say you're, you're used to eating double, double full plates. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you really can not eat actually you know a quarter of that right because your your cells are actually you're 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 getting nourished mm -hmm. as you are eating immediately you're you're feeling it you're getting nourished and you're you can only eat a certain amount at that point and, and still enjoy it food, if yeah. you're not connected to the food then right. you can just keep you know eating it and it's not really it's not really connecting to your body right. the food right well, it's like yeah. if you if you go to the movies and you get popcorn, your hand is doing this, yeah. and you're like, I can't stop it. <laughs> you, know, you go to the bar and there's peanuts, the and it's, you know, and it's it like on the tone of the movie. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all the popcorn going everywhere during a horror moment. Right. But the thing, it is so addictive to eat, right? And it, it's like, yes. you know, um, choose the foods that you know that you can moderate and if you know yeah. that this is something i can't stop eating it don't start <laughs> eating it do you yes. know do your body a favor right you know find exactly. something else to sub to with it because we don't realize i think that not only the food that goes in the attitude that we eat it with the nourishment that it takes from it the why we're eating it is it to you know camouflage a feeling or it, you know is it to nourish our bodies is it because we're in good company you know, it's all of this comes into play, doesn't it? Yes, totally. Everything is coming into play. Um, so, so the reason why I actually wrote the book was to um, really take apart years and years and years of habits, mm -hmm. including, um, you know, the your generational <laughs> generational yeah. habits, you know, environmental everything you know, patterns. I was trained, 
yeah. every, everything I was trained to do, the ways I was trained to eat, yeah. and um, show through this um, character the path, the timeline of mm. leading up to now, and to try to, you know, get some form of healing around the whole food um, way, the, the way to eat, the whole food uh, relationship. Yeah. Again, the dialogue. I mean, you're eating your words first, as you've got, you know, that dialogue you have with yourself. Um, we consume a great deal of negativity of, of ourselves or even our environment. And of course, in this last couple of years, with everything that's going on, all we have is this negative, negative, negative out there, one disaster after the other, you know, and it's, it's like hard for people to breathe. And so what do they do? They stress eat, you know, um, food becomes the comfort. And there's nothing wrong with comfort food again in moderation. You know, why are you doing? Is it is it to comfort because you're really stressed out? Okay, have a good hearty meal, but don't let it become the habit because I think what it is is habits we develop that are not good for us. Yes, um, I think you're also speaking a lot about the words. If the words that come in, if we start to correct ourselves mm -hmm. and forbid ourselves to eat certain foods, our body actually rebels against that mm -hmm. type yes. of conversation. Yeah. And in that rebellion, it like almost backfires. Yeah. It, you're, you're eating, you start to eat more, you start to eat more obsessively. So that's another um, thing to watch out for. That's when, why diets don't work, right? Because when would you say diet? Exactly. Right? I, didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to say the word diet because I'm not offering any solutions. Right. I'm just, I no, am that, just You say showing I'm on words. a diet, immediately you're hungry and craving everything. <laughs> I'm, just showing, I'm just showing how the effect of different words are on our psyche. Yes. Yeah. So immediately yeah. we feel deprived. Immediately. Immediately. And we go into that age maybe it's 12 years old, maybe it's mm -hmm. earlier, when we were told we couldn't have something. Yes. We'll do anything we can to get it. <laughs> Except we're doing it to ourselves now. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. So it's, um, yeah, you know, it's, you're not going on a diet, you are just, um, you know, having a, a wellness lifestyle. Right. right. So the body can go wellness. Oh, wellness. I like that. You know, lifestyle. I can make this a lifestyle. <laughs> you know, so. That's a good one. I like that wellness. Yeah. Um, and I think that we forget how our words can really have impact on us. And we think we're just throwing them out there. But, you know, the psyche is, is picking them up and immediately, mm -hmm. you know, analyzing them and dissecting them and chewing them over and then ha you know setting the whole body and everything else into play so it, it is it i think kind of the first change in our diet should be the words that we use right yes i don't know if there's i don't know if there's there are if there is anyone that's actually said let's just get conscious about what we're saying to ourselves yes yeah yes yeah and so i that think the, that's really important um yeah. an important first step and it's not like, why am I doing this? It's not for anyone else other than you. Exactly. You want to have a better lifestyle, a more wellness lifestyle, mind, mm -hmm. body, heart, and soul. Right. Uh, because when you do, you can do more. You're more enthusiastic. You have more energy. You are more accomplished. You can achieve more. And so if you look at, I really would love to do that. Well, what's stopping you? 
your lifestyle, then how are you going to put wellness in its place so that you can go and do what you want to do? Exactly. Yes. <clears throat> I think you have to also know not only your own habits and your own patterns and your history of where it comes from, but also look at your family's history, you know, Italian right. families, you know, mangi, mangi, eat, eat. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you bring that up because the whole focus was the dinner table, right? Yes. Yes. Pre preparation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, most of a lot of Italians came from agrarian culture, right? And prepared the foods. I mean, actually, my parents came from farm, mm -hmm. uh, farm country in Italy and would prepare the foods right from the ground. So, yeah. you know, we also were brought up in that environment, uh, not all the time, you know, mm -hmm. of course, but we were introduced to it. So we had an idea of where things came from. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that's so missing right now yes. for people. Yes. Where is that food coming from? You know, um, like I think that a, a, like large groups of people think that main veg, there's so many vegetables people don't even know about. Yeah. Like really beautiful green vegetables that they don't even know that on the that aren't even sometimes they're off the shelves now yes um you know and a lot of people brought up thinking corn and mm -hmm. uh what is it corn and peas are you yes. know like some of the, the stable diet yeah, carrots yeah you know and potatoes and yeah. iceberg and iceberg lettuce and i and yeah yes yeah and of course if you talk about you know like you know, my daughter and her husband are vegan. I'm partially there, not a hundred percent. And immediately think that they just think lettuce leaf and carrot sticks, you know, and that's it. And like, there is a fantastic spectrum of foods that are absolutely wonderful. And people, oh yeah, but you need your protein. Well, elephants, look at the size of them. What do they eat? Right? right. Cows, what do they eat? You know, and it's like, look at the muscle they have on them. So we don't see the nutritional value in food because we're kind of brainwashed into what we you know just look at the advertisement look at the grocery store what is by the cashier right exactly the chocolates and the junk the impulsive, food the impulsive yeah. grab grab mm. and get right away yeah exactly and fast food now yes it can have can its it convenience faster can fast food get any faster than calling up and then having it ready for you exactly exactly <laughs> And then because what happens really with the fast food? We eat it fast. Right, <laughs> no? exactly. You know, we don't really appreciate it. We eat it fast. So we eat on the run. You know, um, I had a friend that went to Europe and she normally just grabs her coffee and goes. And she said, but people were sitting around drinking it and conversing with each other. And I said, that's my favorite thing about coffee. Just meeting a stranger at the next table and having a chat over a cup of coffee, taking life in. You know, right. I think it makes the flavor of the coffee completely different. But North America, I think, especially is, you know, the fast food kings and queens where it is eat on the run, shove it in your face and off you go. And that's not the way to eat. Exactly. Not satisfying on any level. <laughs> You're so right about that because Europeans have a coffee break. Yes. It's a little small cup of yes. espresso, yeah. right? It's that big. Yeah. But, you know, it's like an hour coffee break. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And it, you know, the, what's the feast over that uh, break is the conversation, exactly. right? The communication. Yeah. Do we right. stop and do that? 
line up for hours to get your macchiarani waka waka dragatini ono and then go on the run into the car spill it half the way you know it's like slow down folks you know slow down right extra, extra large latte extra yes large latte. yes exactly yeah. and then wonder why you're broke at the end of the month with a ten dollar coffee every day <laughs> yeah. um I, you know, I think appreciation is something that a lot needs to come into life, isn't it? One of the things is we're, we're taught to appreciate external things and not internal things. And when we go internally and ignite our heart and souls and spirits, we truly understand what appreciation and gratitude really is, where the value of life really is. And then we look at externally, you know, we need external things, but we look at it in a totally different way, don't we? We do. Um, I think the when going inside and really looking inside is just a really way a huge way to open up the heart oh god yeah you know, i have learned through this process that going inside is the best way to shift mm -hmm. um, something that's really you know some of the words and some of the um, habits that i formed and i really take this as one habit at a time mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. this this isn't a like one and done process, you know, going through the whole foodie, the food chain um, relationship with food. It's really taking like some of the words and transforming some of the behaviors that are associated with the words and really going inside um, and really being with yourself because or oneself because it really has taken us out of our bodies, yes. right? It's taken us way out of ourselves and i started a spiritual journey when i was um, the day i graduated college actually and i was thinking that spirituality spirituality for me was outside of me too right yes. having come you know all these years to find out well the spirituality is really inside of us yes you know, the most important place is like right in um, us and it's a heart opening right now and i think that's the time we're in right now all these things are happening in the world and i mean it's frustrating but i mean what what can we what we're doing is we're watching it it's opening up our hearts as a nation mm. right we're seeing what's going on and and our hearts are like you know we're feeling for you know people that are having these you know they're experiencing a lot of loss you were just telling me how you know whole towns were burned down where yes. you were. How, yes like how do you like that's so heart opening to yeah. to watch that happen and you know reach out and connect with these people you can only imagine um what kind of what's for someone to lose everything that they had it's yeah. just yeah it's just so much we've never seen uh loss yeah. like we have in our lifetimes like we are seeing now right and we don't yeah. know what they, we don't know i think part a lot of the anxiety is we don't know what's going to happen no like the future that we used to be count on yes. safe in doesn't feel that way anymore it's like oh my god what are, what's going to happen today what's going to happen in the next week i don't know where our people if you ask people i don't know where i'm going to be you know so i think that's but doesn't that teach us to be appreciative of the moment? All we have is the now. The gift of All the present is the in now. the now. Exactly. All we have is the now. Our heart is open. Our hearts. Yeah. Open. We can open our hearts to ourselves. We can open our hearts to our neighbors. Um, we just 
we could just be we have to we have no choice but to be in the now because we don't know what the future is right exactly and i firmly believe that the spirit and the source energy god whichever you wish to call it cannot speak through you unless your heart is open yes your heart has to be open to receive it and part of the pain and the anguish that we're feeling for people right now you know what's going on in afghanistan we we can't help but feel you know an entire country now is again in turmoil and they've been in it for so long and you know you can't you want to reach out and do something but you don't know what to do and this is why i always say to people choose your battle what it is that you're going to step up and represent and and fight for because we can't fight for everything um you're going to feel the pain of that that shows you're a compassionate person don't try and block it off but also make sure you do go through the process because if you don't you will turn to food or other sources to numb it don't try and numb it because that doesn't work either and actually failing it is Mm. human yes yes that like it's okay to feel what's happening there yeah you know it's 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 okay yeah it's and then you know we you know people witness we're here to witness that yes it's in our face we can't deny it anymore it's in our face so yeah and it's like you know for so long i think we became nonchalant to what we had, you know, the opulence of everything. And I think now it's kind of taught us to, you know, be really grateful for what we do have, because we're so busy warning about what we haven't got. Let's look at what we do have. Let's look what we are empowered to do. Let's look at how we can be of service to one another. And you really can't serve other people until you serve yourself. And, you know, so you really need to ignite your own heart and soul so that you can be of service to others. That's where the real gift is, isn't it? It's totally, totally. I 100% agree with you, Sarah, that we need to really spend time with ourselves and really get to know ourselves right now. I mean, we were forced to spend time yes. with ourselves. Yes. It was like it happened to it happened for us. Yes. I, I don't want to. I, I don't like to say it happened to us. Mm. I like to say it happened for us. I agree. The with last you. two, the last year and a half, almost two years, we were forced to be. Uh, isolated, be with our families. And if people looked at it, it depends on how people looked at it. That was a gift. Yes. That was a gift because we got to go in. A lot of people started meditating. A lot of people started doing things on their own. Um, that was the the power of that the last two years. One of the sad things is it brought us all together in appreciation and camaraderie and community. And now you're seeing, you know, the division you know against or for trying to pull us apart again and yeah, i say this is the media you know whatever media it is social media or news media they take and pimple make it into a volcanic eruption and we've got to be careful what we're buying what we're eating you know and if you if the the news is just coming across so negative all the time and all you're hearing is Aah! you know it's switch it off because you don't want to consume that it's going to be bad for your health, bad for your psyche, bad for your equilibrium. And it doesn't empower you to do anything. Mm-hmm. You just get caught up in the hurricane. Right. So, you know, we've got to be the best versions of ourselves in order to help right. others, don't we? We do. I agree with you. Wholeheartedly. And, yeah. you know, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you feel the same, is that as we get older, we get more appreciative of what we're able to do how absolutely awesome we are and a beautiful word flawsome we are and that flawsome flawsome we've all got flaws let's be flawsome about it oh flawsome um 
because I think that if we're constantly looking for perfection, somebody's idea is perfection is a different for another. And all you're going to do is tear yourself apart, trying to be perfect for one person or the next person. And that only depletes you. So embrace all your beautiful flaws and just right. be awesome about it. Right. Exactly. And really kind of look at, you know, whatever your beliefs are, um, I guess what makes the world go round is that other people don't have the same beliefs as you have right. on some level, you know? So we're and, and let's look at it from their perspective. Yeah, look at it from their perspective. I mean, to get the whole picture, you've got to listen to everybody, mm -hmm. right? And you may not agree, but at least you maybe understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the problems is if we're not listening, we're judging. Exactly. What, what does judgment do? Immediately puts us on defense, immediately makes us feel insecure, makes us feel that we've got to, you know, protect something and froze us completely out of out of sync. Totally. Yeah. So even in your recovery of going in, you're going to see things about yourself that maybe you don't like some old habits that you've done. Don't persecute yourself. You just press delete on them and reprogram something more positive. Exactly. And there's a reason why you went down that route. Yes. There's a reason why you believe what you believe. There's mm -hmm. a reason why you see things the way you see things. And um, you get to you get to keep choosing. You know, yeah. life's like I always say life's like a big timeline of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like just because you're focused on something right in front of you doesn't mean that's the way life really is. Right. You, can, you can open it up and you could say, I don't know the rest of the story, mm -hmm. right? We don't know the rest of the story. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going to happen. And we could choose, you know, we could choose to jump on another timeline. Well, as you said, you know, the life actualization process, exactly. you know, to, to actualize what you want, you've got to be willing to go through the process. Okay. That is the important thing. And going through the process is not a chore unless you make it one. It's an exploration of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. It's exciting because you've sold yourself short for so long. Now you realize, hey, I didn't know I could do that. Did you know you could write a book? Mm -hmm. Well, of course not. You just have that kind of floating around mm -hmm. somewhere. You're like, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. But, you know, then you have to like pull the trigger at some point and say, OK, it's time. Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of energy. So I think that everyone has a book in them. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, mine is sitting on my desktop waiting to be done. <laughs> and if you need, sometimes people need an accountability person yes. to help them do it. Mm -hmm. And they need somebody to help them with it. And um, that works too. Yes, I've said mine is coming out next March for April. So, um, right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. April 4th will be my 10th anniversary in podcasting. And I want a book to come out at the same time. So, yeah, that's I've got to get it done by then. You have a lot of good things to say and you have a lot of information. <laughs> uh, it, it, well, it's, it will be Sarah's view of life, you know, coming from me. But it's, um, I used to think, you know, God, what have I got to write about myself? I don't want to, where do I start from the beginning? No, no. And I realized, no, it's just like the various chapters of my perception. And that's really it, right? It, there is no really wrong way to write. Uh -huh. If it comes from, again, the, you know, the intent of heart and soul, so. And we want that diversification. God, you imagine if every book was the same. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine have, if we were. And you already have a big audience that wants to hear you. Yeah, well, we, we'll see. <laughs> we'll find that out. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> 
when I started podcasting nine and a half years ago, I had absolutely no idea even what a podcast was. And I had no idea if I could do it. In the first 13 months, I did it live and I pressed all the wrong buttons on the first show. And it was a real, I call it the soap opera training because you know, you're thrown into the deep end. And then I went off and did my own and that I had no idea how to do either. And it was a learning in process. Do yeah. not try and think, oh, I've got to have everything lined up in order to do it. No, have the enthusiasm, have a certain amount of structure, have the right tools and just go about it with good intent. You'll learn as you go and adjust as you go. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't that true? You can't start out, you don't, never start out anything in the beginning because it always turns into something different than what you had planned also. Right. Yes. You know, don't try and be the expert at the beginning. That's what you become at the end. <laughs> and even then some. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And then it's like, well, that's that chapter. What about the next one? Something else to learn, right? What yeah. is next for you? Uh, so I'm already on book two. Yay. What's this one? Um, it's really talking about a lot of different uh, modalities to um, in the behavior of the it's the body the body behavior and the and what the behaviors are in um, eating mm -hmm. and not just eating but just what all these modalities of what needs to be done like communication yes with the body um, and you know there's five or six immersions uh gianna becomes a researcher uh in her own life and um starts to look at all of these uh different spiritual modalities mm. on um how to transform her behaviors excellent so in other words you've written it as a novel but it's a how-to book um kind of yes kind of how to but it's like kind of a research yeah uh, researched but uh, it's a novel because it's based over a different character yes so, so you've merged well, all of those things together easier, it makes it easier to uh so G uh gianna becomes my my muse right? yes it becomes um like a heel so she becomes the healer of her own life mm -hmm. you know by experiencing a lot of these modalities which is really introducing um, the world to a lot of different modalities that they might not know about right. that could transform their own life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and also I, I also have, um, uh, I'm, I have a bunch of, um, they're called, uh, healing activation process integrations. Um, and it's a membership site that will be, uh, that's on my website, um, where people can sign up for and go through the, go internally into their own process of their life it brings them through a actual um some are like focused on the heart mm -hmm. um and there's really interesting names and processes that it takes you through and you really trend you could transform behaviors from inside so after reading the book this book i'm not leaving everybody hanging mm -hmm. there's different things that you could that processes that you could take people through and i am taking people through in order to uh, really look at themselves and really get into their like it's almost like a uh, med it's like almost like a meditative but it's not really meditative right. you're really following a guided process and the more you do it the more you're seen and the more you're able to transform a lot of behaviors so i'm super excited about that also and that's on my website and it's called isabel dash chiara isabel dash 
C-H-I-A-R-A.com. And if they go to that, also they could get download the free first chapter of my book. Mm. They get a real flavor of it and see if they like it. And it's uh, free for Wonderful. them. So if anything, they can pick that up right now. Well, you know, the book is the introduction. What you're offering is the inter in, you know, intermediate to the next book, which then becomes the, you know, the process. Exactly. So, you know, you're kind of doing, you're taking people through the process in different ways. Yes, yes. And as you said, not, not everybody knows what the process is. Okay, you're talking about process. How do I go through it? What are the stages? Where, you know, what, what's next? And yes. we need that guidance, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, instead of working with a coach one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. you get these processes and you get to do it um, two a month and you get to do it, you know, often. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really transformative. Yeah, because in order to change things, not only have we got to delete an old programming, but we've got to insert a new programming. And it takes a minimum of eight positives to undo one negative. So mm -hmm. it means that you have to be repetitive on this new programming on this new style, until it becomes something that becomes just second nature to you. Right. And you're shifting, you're not, you're not like outwardly saying, okay, shift this mm -hmm. behavior. I don't like it. You're actually what happens is it just you just automatically shift from within. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the best way to do it? So you don't have to try or you right. hard at it. I think that's <laughs> uh, most of the time people just don't realize. Hey, I'm stuck. I'm in a pattern. I'm in an old rut. Until right. somebody points it out, or it, you know, read the book and go, oh, God, I relate too much to this, and it's like, oh, maybe you know, I've had a reflection of myself now, and like, mm -hmm. what do I do to go in and start pivoting? start changing now do not try and do you know kind of yeah. you know the 180 because you'll end up with the 360 you know it is like one step two step when you're learning to dance mm -hmm. you're not going to do the whole tango straighter if you've got to get the rhythm it's the one step and the two step and build the rhythm get those hips going you know process and then if you go through each one of them at your own pace and you get there and you go okay I've got this, I'm now ready for the next one. So it's just be willing to participate in your life, yeah. right? That's yeah. a lot of people are, oh, just give me an app. Yeah. You know? And no, 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 no. no, no. more this than that. Integration you gotta go, participation. You got to go in, you got to integrate, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for having me on your program. My pleasure. Thank you wonderful. for being there. It's so wonderful talking to you. And I love the work you're doing in the world. Ditto, go right, right, right back at you. I mean, eat those <laughs> words has many connotations there. Yeah. And really, we are talking with the mind and the heartfulness, aren't we? You know, the yeah. mind and the heart need to get in sync. Because yes. when they do, then it's really speaking more in truth instead of in all programming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing here today. Thank you. And to everyone else out there, you know, it, there's no blame and there's no shame. If you need to change something in your life, that's okay. It's been aware. I've got this bad habit. I need to change it. What do I do? Get her book. It's on Amazon or you can get the first chapter on her site and read it. Then look at taking the program and get ready for the next book because she's going to help you along your way. And remember, flawsomeness is awesomeness and it's okay. You are perfectly wonderful as you are. We just want to improve yourself from that spiritual point of view so you're more connected. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, 
or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.